0: Well, good morning. good morning. So our service series that we are finishing is The Heart of the Matter. And I was very, very nervous that I found out it's Consecration Sunday. And then I woke up this morning and I saw the football scores.
1: And I saw that the
0: Agnes won. I saw that the Horns won. And I saw that the Georgia Bulldogs won. So I knew that most of us were going to enter into the sanctuary in a better frame of mind. <laughs> Very unique heart. When she was young, she had rheumatic fever, and so that weakened her heart. And then as a young adult, she had six children, and every one of those pregnancies weakened her heart even further. So then, around the age of 38, with four young children still at home, her heart began to fail. And so she had set up that she was going to have to go in and get a valve replaced. Well, there were major complications with her surgery my grandmother ended up with two bionic legs, only one arm, and a heart that ticked like a clock. Was it cool that she wore these two bionic legs? Yes. But I am not kidding. She literally ticked like a clock to the point that I told my friends that she was the national timekeeper for our country. (laughs) And they on December 31st at midnight and time her heart. And this was a story that other people believed. But the heart has always been fascinating to me because of this. Did you know that an octopus and squids have three hearts? Did you know that through each of our hearts every day pump 2,000 gallons of blood? That is more than any AGB or Costco having milk in their warehouse. Did you know that laughter is really, really good for the heart? So the heart is a fascinating thing, but in ancient Israel, the heart was viewed very different than how it has been viewed for us today. So in the fourth century before Christ, there was a philosopher named Aristotle, some of you have may have heard of him, and he claimed that the heart was the most important part of the body, and those other organs, the brain and the lungs, they existed merely to cool the heart. So the heart was where you came. your conscience. It came all of your emotions. It literally directed your life. So as we approach our scripture today, I want to make sure that you hear that, because this today is going to be an Old Testament version of what the heart meant for our ancient Israelites. The story we're about to read picks up after Moses has taken them across the Red Sea. They have gone through that time where they had to depend on God to get them right they have been given the 10 commandments they have been given the law and so they reach this point and they're they're in they're in Canaan I mean they're wandering in the wilderness and God says to Moses I need you to tell the people it is time to build a temple it is time to build the tabernacle so that's what we're going to pick up but before we read our scripture let us first look to the lord in prayer holy and gracious God May everything that is of need fall by the wayside, and may all of us only hear your truth. May our busy minds rest on the Sabbath day. May our bodies be stilled, and may our hearts be stirred. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. This comes from Exodus 35. Hear now the word of our Lord. Then all the congregation of the Israelites withdrew from the presence of Moses. And they came, everyone whose heart was stirred, and everyone whose spirit was willing. And they brought the Lord's offering to be used for the tent of meeting, and for all its service, and for the sacred vestments. So they came, both men and women, all who were of a willing heart. They brought brooches, and earrings, and signet rings, and pendants, all sorts of gold objects, everyone bringing an offering of gold to the Lord and everyone who possessed blue or purple or crimson yarn or fine linen or goat's hair or tanned rams skins of fine leather brought them everyone who could make an offering of silver or bronze brought it as the lord's offering and everyone who possessed acacia wood of any use in the work brought it all skillful women spun with their hands and brought what they had spun in blue and purple and crimson yarns and fine linen All the women whose hearts moved them to use their skill spun the goat's hair. And the leaders brought onyx stones and gems to be set in the ephod and the breastpiece. And spices and oil for the light and for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense. All the Israelite men and women whose hearts made them willing to bring anything for the work that the Lord had commanded by Moses to be done brought it as a free will offering. To the Lord. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. As I reflected on this scripture, there was one word that kept popping out to me, and it was this word willing. So I, I looked up what is this Hebrew word willing, and it's actually very rarely used in scripture. And, and when it is used, it's always used when it talks about one of the Israelite folks bringing an offering for the benefit of the community. So it had something to do with their desire. But in this passage, each time that word is used, it's paired with the word heart. So this is what it makes me think. It makes me think that it is saying those whose hearts made them willing, it means those who who felt something in their gut, those who felt something deep within their conscience, in their spirit, they are the ones that brought an offering for the benefit of the community. It tells us that with a willing heart, both women and men brought gifts. Some brought gold, some brought jewelry, some brought linens, some brought wood. And the scripture says again, all those whose hearts made them willing. What I find so interesting is that it does not say all of those whose heads made them willing.
1: If your head is anything
0: like mine, it has been trained to be logical, and skeptical and cautious
1: the head or mind would
0: think can you believe this moses guy i thought it was a little strange when he told us we actually need to take one day off a week and now he wants us to bring our precious possessions the very few things that we were able to take out of egypt with us he wants us to bring those to build a place of worship can't we worship god anywhere i mean this doesn't fit with my ancient israelite to-do list the question that this text asks of me and of us then is, are we led by a willing heart or by a skeptical mind? In March of this year, I received a phone call from Austin, Texas. And the woman on the other end of the line said that she was calling from a church who was looking for their next pastor and wondered if I would be interested in having a conversation. So later that night, I casually mentioned to my husband, Charlie, what about Austin? And he went, and and that (laughs) was more affirmation than I had ever received when it came to moving out of Atlanta. So I looked at the website. I looked at all the documents the PNC had put together. And honestly, I did it with skeptical eyes. And so I cautiously set up my first phone call with Christy Bybee and Stephen Thorne. And then we set up a skype interview with the whole committee and i remember at the end of the conversation thinking i think that went well but emily this is just not logical you have just launched a new contemporary service you have three kids who are finally in the right schools and they love their friends your husband has his dream job You live close to family and to dear friends who have literally walked through life and death with you. And you are part of a church that loves you. Why would you risk losing all of that? My head said, this isn't logical, this isn't wise. But y'all, my heart was so willing. It was so stirred. It it began to be so called. And, And before I knew it, before we knew it, we were literally being pulled to this place. And I saw this visually last week. I got to go to this pastoral renewal conference called Credo. And of all the places that I signed up to go over a year ago, I got to go to Mo Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> so, <awesome. laughs> right. so one day, one day we're sent out and we have to just go and reflect and be with Jesus and we can't bring anything with us. And that includes cell phones, young folks. And so I'm sitting there at the Guadalupe River, and you know right now it's flooding. And it is rushing by me. And I'm seeing sticks and I'm seeing debris. You know, a whole bunch of that mossy stuff on top of it—it's going by, and, and, and then it, it hits me that although this stuff is moving as it's going down, it's not destroyed. It's being carried by the river, and although the, the, the debris was going, it, it was held fast. And so that although the waters have been stirred, they were still clear. I have felt over these past six months as if I am rushing down a flooded river. And yet all along, I have been carried and held fast and clearly called to this church. I wonder if any of you have felt with all of this crazy transition over the past 10 years as if you have been rushing down a flooded river. But if you are here today, you are proof God has carried you. And the staff and the PNC and and all those that I have met clearly have willing hearts for God's continued work through WHPC in the future. And I want you to know that God is the one who wills our hearts and God will always be faithful. You see, when God stirs our hearts, the heart wills us to say yes, even when our very logical Presbyterian educated minds say different. So the Israelites, they, they hear Moses share God's word with them about what they need to do. It did not seem practical or logical for them. Okay, it was logical God had saved them from slavery in Egypt. God had saved them from starvation and disease as they are wandering through the wilderness. God had, up to this point, God had provided for each of them and now God needed their treasures As Claire, Kyle, and Stacy have reminded you all over the past four weeks, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see, God needed their hearts, their willing hearts. God knew that as a naturally broken people, they needed a reminder, a visual reminder that God is real and active. And that's what the tabernacle was going to do for them. So a tabernacle had to be constructed. And since God is not a magician and didn't just say, poof, there's your tabernacle, because from the beginning, God has chosen to work through God's people to have his his things that he needs accomplished. And so God calls people to participate in the very thing needed so that they can remember who they are and whose they are. This same God has been at work willing hearts here. At Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church for over 144 years. God has provided for this church to be a beacon for the hungry, both in body and in spirit. God has brought people from all different ages and stages throughout the years to be the church together. To be, as the mission statement says, gathered in a community as a family of faith. To celebrate, to weep, to share life together. God has been sending from his people out into their families, into their workplaces, to Managua, to Africa. Sending them to invite people into God's larger story as we follow Christ together. This place, this is our tabernacle. This is just our visual reminder that God is alive and active and present. God calls all of the community to participate in God's work here so that we can remember who we are and whose we are. God calls us this day to let our hearts lead us to continue to offer our gifts for the benefit of the community. My grandmother was truly an amazing person. It was not just that she raised six kids, was a triple amputee, or that she ticked like a clock. This woman had an amazing heart. She was ahead of her time. She was the first in in her family to go to college. She was the first in her family to work outside the home. After her heart surgery, she had to figure out how to continue to press on, despite unexpected trials. She had to let her heart lead. New friends, may each of us let our hearts lead us this day to offer our gifts so that, like the Israelites, we may always remember God's presence in our community. And as God authors a new season in the life and ministry of Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church, may we, those whom God has called and those whom God will call to this place, continue to be a church that is led by Jesus Christ, who continues to reveal the very heart of God to the world. So, friends, my heart is willing. How about you? Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, author of all of our hearts, author of of all that is good and pure and perfect, we give you all of the praise and glory. We ask this day, and I ask for myself also, God, that, that I would let you lead my heart. That when it is stirred, I would act. When I am supposed to be silent, that I would be when I'm supposed to to join hands that I would. For all of us this day, God, we give you thanks for the ways that you are at work in our lives, whether we know it or not.